22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Uh, shut the hell up and get back on that damn pole. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you, I didn't, I didn't say it, but I approved it. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? It's been two weeks, but we are back. Welcome to... Meanwhile, 22 pages later, I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, along here with Mike the Finance Guy. Howdy hi. <laughs> and Ralph the Tech. Bow ties are cool. Definitely. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> and um, with our special guest this time, often imitated, can't be duplicated, Big Kev. Saludo. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been it, it, once again when we take these these um, time off to do whatever we need to do, it feels weird coming back into it. Yeah, it does. It, it feels like something's missing. I mean, you know. By the way, before I begin, um, happy Thanksgiving, happy Hanukkah, happy Black Friday. Yeah. Happy spend I, your money. I'm pretty sure Black Friday is not a national holiday. <laughs> it certainly feels like that because it's been getting top billing over Thanksgiving. It's getting top billing over people dying across the world. <laughs> yeah, did, did you hear the news about people in Los Angeles getting arrested and tasing people? No. What? Yeah. When, when was this? That was um, uh, Friday, yesterday. Was that the news or were you watching Escape from LA? <laughs> <laughs> that was were you news. watching the people trying to escape from watching Escape people? from LA? <laughs> there was a fight between uh, two women in the store and one of them pulls out a taser and tases the other one. Did she get what she wanted? <laughs> I don't uh, think so. Was that Walmart? Yeah, it was Walmart. It was Walmart? It what was Walmart. the fuck? Yeah. I Did bet, anybody I bet, lose bowel movement control? <laughs> I, I bet that was the most nervous greeter the rest of the day. <laughs> Consumerism is strong here in America. And in, in Jersey, there was another, a fight, an altercation between two women where one of them actually spat and she missed the woman and it hit the kid. Oh, my. Was wow. Weird. Was there Benny Hill music playing afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if there was in the store, but in the news there was. <laughs> I just, I just wish we had that big of a crowd to be able to listen to our show, but we'll get there one day. Oh, we'll okay. get there. Right, you know, I, I like Mike the Finance Guy. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well no. now we know what to do is on Black Friday, we just go and do a podcast from there. Oh, man, we, we, yeah, we have a captivated audience. Nope. Where are you guys going? It's the lines around the fucking block. That's right. We're calling from behind a bunker. There's shooting and the bombs are dropping. <laughs> it's Black Friday. <laughs> I, I'd have to get paid for that because I'd have to be doing security. So <laughs> There you go. Kev, what's going on? No, I'm working. You know how that goes. <laughs> it's weird doing Kev's voice when he's standing right next to me. I'm just waiting to see him throw his hand to the side and hit you on the side of the head accidentally. <laughs> Yo, Doc, hold this. Bang. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> and right here. Um, <laughs> that, um, I, I had my own Thanksgiving uh, just trying to get around. Yeah, you, you were telling me about this yeah, before. I, I went to, I'm, I'm a Greyhound person for people out there. I no car and I, my family never had cars. So it's I've very been, Jack Reacherish of you. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, I've been taking Greyhound since before I have memories of ever taking Greyhound, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm usually good with it and you can always get a ticket for Greyhound because they always overbook. So it's pretty much kind of like you get your ticket and you show up real fast and hope you can get on the bus, that kind of a thing. Um, and now the Greyhound, at least here in New York, they have a kiosk. So you don't have to deal with the, the people at the, um, the, the you know, information people and whatnot. You don't right. need a live person to book your ticket now. So I'm at this kiosk and I've used it before. I've used it for like the last, well, I guess, four years they've had it. So I'm punching in. I'm trying to leave on Wednesday, trying to get to my sisters and stuff like that in Delaware. So I, I, I'm punching in the um, information I needed to, and it's telling me there is nothing available for what I'm asking. And I, and I just looked at the schedule. I checked again on my phone even. 
I'm like, okay, no, there's an 8.30 bus leaving today, meaning Wednesday. So I do it again, same answer. Do it again, same answer. And now going, leading from a, a previous podcast where we talked about um, where we go in our dark spots, this is no lie. By the fourth time that I had punched this in, I'm thinking to myself, no robot is going to make a fool of doom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what, <laughs> That is all that is going through my mind by this point. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going like, okay, now I know why they don't allow lasers in metal gloves anymore. You know? And so then I see this woman, you know, she's wandering by and she's trying not to make eye, con eye contact with me from, you know, behind the counter. And, you know, just one thing, I just felt like, you know, yelling like, you know, you, counter wench. <laughs> you know? But I'm just like, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? She's like, well, if it's not giving you a ticket, it must be sold out. And I just really wanted to launch a bunch of bombs at the place right then and there. I just couldn't be any angrier for that thing. Oh, man. Yeah. So I ended up having to leave for Thursday itself, you know. So you actually got there. Yeah. Without anyone dying that the police can be made aware of. Anyway. <laughs> Nobody got tased? <laughs> not yet. And obviously you made it back. Yeah, and I made it back. Uh, not too bad. Hooray. <laughs> hey, I didn't I, say the end of the story was any good. It was only the beginning part. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you had a, a good Thanksgiving. What about you, Ralph? It was all right. It was just a small gathering of family together. I was, you know. Small gathering of family for a Dominican was like 40 people. <laughs> wow, the Puerto Ricans coming out with that? <laughs> Living in the building with his aunt, uncle, no, no, grandfather. No. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, we're all legal, so it's okay. Oh, we're not hiding. Oh, my God. Oh, excuse me, Annex. <laughs> Touche. Go ahead, Ralph. <laughs> so it was it was like ten of us there, but for like the most part, I was like a taxi driver for the day because I was picking oh. people up and dropping them off. Oh, that's it, it wasn't too bad, you know. It's a way to get out of the house because if not, my mom's kind of funny because she's like, uh, "You're gonna help me tomorrow, right?" She's talking about uh, on, on Wednesday. If I'm gonna help her cook, I'm like, "Yeah, sure." I helped her cook uh, Thanksgiving dinner a few times, right? So uh, I go and pick up my cousin and drop her off. So she's helping her cook. Mind you, the kitchen is super small. She's like, oh, there's someone here who said she, uh, he was going to help me cook. Passive aggressiveness. <laughs> oh, my God. A Latin woman with that? No. Yeah. And then I look around and I'm like, hmm, you got my cousin there. Then my mom's friend is also in the kitchen. And my, also my other little cousin is helping her, too. And my mom. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, we need more cooks in this kitchen. <laughs> you can barely move. You, you, you move to the side and you're knocking a pan over. I'm like, Come on. Oh, man. So... So I guess being the um, being the taxi was it was better. It was better just to it get out. It was therapeutic. It kept you from killing somebody like Mike over here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would tell Doom to cook a meal. Oh man! <laughs> and as, as you guys know, I like to drive. Oh yeah, yeah. Not on time, but you like to drive. <laughs> hey, did I? Get, I got here on time today. Yeah, yeah, you did. Two weeks in a row. I'm very impressed by that. Three That's why the weather's all out of sorts. <laughs> All of a sudden, it'll be 70 degrees outside. Why? Well, Ralph was on time. That's yeah, what happened. It's one of the signs of the apocalypse. <laughs> Ralph being on time? or, or No, nah, I won't say that. <laughs> and, and, and Kev, what about you, man? How was your, how was your, your get-together? It was awesome. The whole day was awesome. Uh, we got up. We have a tradition. We play the turkey bowl. We play football. Oh, I've always balls. wanted to do it in my family, man. That's cool. You guys suck. <laughs> um, well, well, you know, Steve is ducking everyone in sports where he's supposed to play people. Steve, by the way, I'm looking for you. You're supposed to play me in basketball. Stop running. <laughs> Steve being the Caps brother. That's what he's referring to. Exactly. So we played our games. It was good. Um, went home, hanging out with some friends for a bit. Then I went to where I was supposed to be with my cousins, had fun. Typical Thanksgiving in, among my friends and family. It was, it was fun. I was thankful. I wasn't invited. Uh, 
Touche, uh, not touche. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> he meant to shut up. <laughs> I was stuck between trying to make a point and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> to shut up. Um, yeah, I mean, mine, mine was mine was good as well. I mean, uh, one one thing I'll say that was a cool surprise was my my um, cousin's husband Abel listens to the show now, and he comes up to me. First thing he does, he sees me. And I, I mean, first, hey, what's going on? Gives me a pound and a hug. Says. Yo, but what happened in Lock and Key? I'm like, excuse me? He goes, yeah, I've been listening. I'm like, oh, that's dope. He goes, yeah, what happened in Lock and Key with the cabinet? And the urn, what happens? And I'm like, that's spoilers. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Tell me what happened. I want to know. So I explained to him what happened. I don't have that. Uh, Kev still hasn't read that. Well, yeah, I'm not going to explain it. I'm oh, not okay. Ralph. I have self-control. <laughs> well, I already told Kev that the father comes back to life. Ah, there we go. There we go. If I read it. And... <laughs> Just beware. I know we work. They'll, <laughs> they'll be held to pay. Nothing like an angry Kevin. I, I, I just got to tell security. He's like, watch out for Ben Grimm. He's coming to get me. <laughs> So, I mean, if, for all those who wondered why we were gone for two weeks, just kind of make a, a quick little segue. Well, obviously, we said Thanksgiving and all that stuff. But, you know, we were actually um, have to celebrate two belated birthdays. Happy birthday, Mike, the finance guy. Ow! And coincidence, happy birthday, Ralph the tech. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Actually, it actually was more of a reverse. Yeah, mine was first. Well, I wasn't doing it in order. I'm just saying it happened within the same time. Can't frame. even give this guy props without hate. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I was just, I was just informing the public. For, for Mike, all announcements have to be in chronological order. <laughs> Alphabetical, Alphabetical two. Alphabetical two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, happy birthday to you both. I mean, you know, um, hopefully your birthdays were good. Yeah. Well, um, I got a good gift. That would be the sound of a Doctor Who. Um, screwdriver. Sonic I, screwdriver. I still don't know the terminology. Here I am Sonic thinking he's going to pull out a picture of a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> no, stripper was provided for us by um, the lovely Gigi Camaro doing the voice for the intro. So shout out to you, Gigi. But no, no strippers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year. Huh? Winky wink. <laughs> wink. Okay, so I got to take you to see a stripper. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> that just reminds me of a, a joke. I don't even know who the comedian was ages ago. They were just like, uh, he's like, you know, um, you know, for the my last birthday, my friends got together and uh, got me a sweater. He goes, and it wouldn't have been so bad. I just would have preferred if she was more of a moaner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, very nice. Well done. <laughs> Speaking of trips, <laughs> um, we decided um, last uh, last week we were like, okay, okay, you know, we're gonna take a week off. We're gonna just enjoy, you know, right before the holidays, you know, and plus these two gentlemen's birthdays. And then we decided, fuck it, let's take a trip. Yeah, road trip. And we've been talking. No LSD was involved. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, all the things coming up next, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be wondering where the LSD was. Because I thought about when we were eating the food that we ate, yeah. that I would be tripping. <laughs> I just thought you'd be dead. <laughs> you mean there was no Joshua Tree? <laughs> no, oh man. So what we decided to do was, you know, short notice, we decided, we've been talking about it for months, about checking out the secret stash in Jersey. So we decided, hey, you know, why don't we just get together, go to the secret stash, Buy some comic books, hang out there, see what the whole big hubbub's about, and then swing around and go to Sonics. Now, for everybody listening out there that doesn't happen to know what the Secret Stash is or watches Comic Book Men, that is the name of a comic book um, shop. It's not where we're getting our Secret Stash of pot or something like that. (laughs) Well, who knows? I think they might sell pot there. There was a back room. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Well, just, I mean, you you start saying, talk about um, going to see a Secret Stash in New Jersey. You know, you're like, 
Oh my! Is this a grove where they're growing stuff? <laughs> oh, okay, hold on, Mike. <clears throat> so we decided to go visit the Secret Stash Establishment Store in Jersey that d- deals with comic books, created by Kevin Smith. Better. I, I was fine with it. <laughs> I just want to hear some of the people out there going, "What the hell, is Secret Stash?" Well, I'm, I'm not all right. You, for, you forgot to say the full name. It's Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash. God, I'm just being hated <laughs> in all corners here. Oh my God. So yeah, so we decided to go there, and Ralph said, "Heck, you know, Cap." Mike, come along. I'll drive. Yeah. Well, thank God, because <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a long trip. It wasn't a bad trip from from. Yeah. It's, well, it's less than an hour, right? It was like forty-five minutes. No, Google Maps says an hour and fifteen. That, that always we did lies. it in forty-five. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. what you call Dominican driving at its finest. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Now, but if it was if it was Dominican driving, the car would have been a lot bigger. <laughs> listen like here, listen, car here, listen here. The circus uh, car routine applies to the Mexicans, and I apologize to the Mexicans, but it applies to them. <laughs> but yeah, I was about to say, because if it was Mexican driving, we would have all been in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding. I was like being scared for our lives. <laughs> Cap, so, call the coyote. We want to go to the secret stash. <laughs> Well, we ended up driving up to the secret stash, and I thought I was going to fall asleep for the first, you know, hour, you know, for, for, for the first half of the trip. Oh, no, that didn't happen. Of course, me and Mike got into a debate. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, thinking back now, I should have had my car bugged so we could have recorded it. <laughs> it, it, it was, was one for the ages. It, we were just going back and forth about about um, race and, and, and cartoons and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so, mind you, I, I thought maybe I'd nap. Oh, no, there was no napping that ride. Nope. Mike and I going at it by the time, like, we were like... <sighs> All right, we're done arguing while we're here. <laughs> That's one way to keep you awake. Yeah. Heavy breathing, back of the car, BBC, you are fire. <laughs> we haven't even got to BBC. Damn, Kev, damn. Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Is that what you always say, Mike? We'll get to that later. <laughs> it's a BBC, come on. There's, there's enough for now and later. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I, just, I just feel so much closer to you now. <laughs> I've got a week's worth. I got a week's worth. <laughs> so, um, so we got. There we got was, just, I'm sorry, just real fast. There was a. Um, I don't know if he really did say, it, but um, it's always attributed to um, uh, uh, Milton Berle. Now he's an old timey comedian from way back in the day. He used to do yeah. vaudeville. Just to give anyone out there an idea of how old this guy was, but. Um, for whatever reason, it was always reported that he had a really big schlong. Okay, I mean, again, Milton no, Berle, yeah, really? supposedly, yeah. Wow. And um, again, I don't know if this is one of those things that he really said, or if it was just attributed to him or whatever. But I guess it would be like you know those old like those old boys clubs. You know, that I, yeah, I guess maybe they do exist, but those kind of I don't know if you call them gentlemen clubs, but just boys clubs kind of things. You know, where the the stars would go, but it was just usually all men or something like that, except for the hat check girls, etc. Um, but then there'd be that, you know, inevitable bet after drinking, like, oh, you know, who's bigger and da, 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 da. And, uh, so the story went that, you know, um, like he, Milton Berle and whoever, uh, you know, raised the bet would like go into the men's room and they'd come out and Milton, you know, would have the money in his hand winning. And so, you know, someone supposedly asked him one day, well, how big is it? And he goes, I don't know. I just pull out enough to win the bet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Just like that. That's funny. <laughs> Yo, Milton Berle was a funny dude. <laughs> Milton Berle was a funny dude. My father used to put me on there. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and to make our segue from Cox <laughs> to the stash, so we get to the stash. Guys, tell me what your initial um, feeling was of walking into the stash 
especially after watching comic book men and seeing or having an idea of what it looked like and also hearing about it from Kevin's podcasts, not Kev here, but Kevin Smith's podcast, what was your initial take from it? I, I thought it was exactly like it was in the show, except, you know, how most of the time in the show, they don't show you the front of the store. You only see like towards the middle and the back. So it was pretty much all the same. It was uh, very interesting to see um, how they have all the comics in the front and they got the, the major like uh, graphic novels in the back. And just it looked the same. I, I really fell in love with one of the, the jerseys that they had for, um, there was the Dogma jerseys. Oh yeah. So it was it was, it was good. And just to see Mike Zapsik there, and I was I was looking around to see if I see any of the other cast members, but it was only him. So yeah. But the the people that were there, they were helpful, especially the guy that um, took the picture for us. Right. Mike, well, we had we went up to him twice because we had two different questions. Yeah. First just... time first time he didn't help us. Second time he's like, uh, if it's not there, it's not there. <laughs> hey, he was as helpful as he could be. I mean, yeah. we kept asking for stuff that just wasn't there. But um, no, I just, I mean, it looks about the same, except it just, it's much brighter lit yeah. in the TV show. Well, so yeah. like that, it just makes it look like it's a much brighter place. But um, otherwise, it, it was about the same. When I walked in, I, I think I even said, it's like, it looked like comic book shops the way I remember them growing up. Like, in other words, like Midtown here in New York, I mean, they're great. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with them. I, you know, they usually have what you need and they're pretty much the one-stop place you can kind of go to. Um, but it looks very much like a business you know i mean not faulting it just does and the other comic places in new york city that you go to tend to look like you know they'll close a business in a week like you know you know it's just kind of like boxes and you know comic books are there and shady looking characters it's a drug front (laughs) yeah it may as well be you know they should just name their business going out of business yeah exactly you know just you know welcome to our comic shop al-qaeda in the back you know Um, but this place, you know, it was fun. Like I said, it was, um, the, the colors that were there were nice. The, you know, the fact that they had like large displays for certain things. And very much kind of like a, um, a better better looking version of um, Forbidden Planet, I think. Because yeah. Forbidden Planet, is, yeah. is, it's, it's improved its look over the years. You know? Choose your words carefully about my temple. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, my, my um, not growing up, as long as Mike and I have been friends, we've always debated on which comic book store to go to. He used to go to this one not too far from his house. What was it called? Cosmic Comics. Yeah, that's how, that's how much it was stuck in my memory because they, they're no longer in business. They, they kind of like switched ownership two times. Well, yeah, I mean, they had been there. I think he'd been there for almost 20 years or something like that. But yeah, he then sold the business to another guy for Manhattan Comics is what they called it because he didn't. He sold the business, not the name. Right. Yeah. But it was one of those second floor places and it didn't, you know, it wasn't really... You know, I think it was just white walls and you know just your stands and stuff like that. The reason I kept going to Cosmic Commons, I just liked the people that worked there. You know, the owner was crass and cranky but lovable. You know, just this old Jewish guy. You know, but but you <laughs> loved him. And his staff was just equally as quirky, but they were good people. You like Spider Man, huh? <laughs> well, no, if you can likeable. reach it, just don't knock it over. <laughs> <laughs> that just made him sound likable. He wasn't that likable. <laughs> you putts. <laughs> now that's much more like. <laughs> Hey, Jimmy, go help the black guy over there. <laughs> oh, is that what we're calling them now? <laughs> and now we apologize to all the Jews. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> so, um, But not on behalf of, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? I can't think of it. Uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson, oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I was lost? What? But, but just going back for a second, just saying that's why when Mike talks about Forbidden Planet, I'm very surprised he gave it a compliment because Mike has always been Cosmic Comics and I've always been Forbidden Planet. Now, the one thing bad about Forbidden Planet is their things sell out quick 
or they they won't have certain things in stock. Oh, dude, remember the T-shirts? Oh god. Oh. <laughs> Why do they name these comic shops with uh, astronomical terms? Cosm- cosmic comics. Well, Forbidden, Forbidden Planet. Well, Forbidden Planet is the name of a movie, a very famous sci-fi movie okay. like called Forbidden Planet. All right. It's the one where um you know Robbie the robot. Yeah. It kind of looks like the robot from Lost in Space. Okay. That's where Robbie the robot is from. Forbidden Planet. All right. Yeah. But so, Cosmic Comics. Cosmic, Marvel, I don't know. You know, know. You know <laughs> beyond earthly. But like, also, if you oh, think okay. about it, though, cleverly, Cosmic is an anagram on comics. Oh. Which is probably why they get named it that. This just happened to be an NBC moment. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'll have to agree with Mike. The Secret Stash definitely has a look of, it's a little bit darker, like from the TV show. These are TV shows, pretty, the bright blues. Right. Well, I mean, it's a TV show. Well, of course, they not have lights. Yeah, but no, but some people forget that. They're like, oh my goodness, you look taller. You, you look shorter in person. It's like, no, TV makes you look bigger. Same oh, thing so with. It's all about the angles, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> well, if you had, had this conversation a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you looked bigger before. It was a different angle. <laughs> Put your nose to it. It's a lot bigger there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But <laughs> but the secret stash um, definitely has a, a, a hometown feel of the way old school comic book shops used to look. He's you know very inviting, very I won't say all over the place, yeah. but a lot of different things to look at. You look at a wall's got this. If you look at um, uh, an aisle that has that, and there's a rhyme and reason to it. There's certain categories, but it's not like you can only get t-shirts here. Right. You know, you can move a little bit down. They have somewhere else where they have different kind of t-shirts. And you're like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. It, it was a lot of fun to just to kind of yeah. like absorb I, it all. But as, I do have to say uh, on a critique level there that the next time big shot podcasters like us go there, I do expect them to have all the books I'm looking for. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, maybe we, you know, I don't know if our PR person didn't phone ahead and let we, them know. We got to get cards made so that we could just <laughs> go. Like, yep, Ralph from uh, Meanwhile 22 Pages later here. You got my stuff? There you go. <laughs> 80% off. That's right. Mike you got to know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Mike with a critique. Surprise. Hey, I still haven't gotten my Batwoman and my Batman Beyond Unlimited, all right? I'm hostile right now. Nor my, or my shadow. Or your Smallville. <laughs> no, I got the Smallville. <laughs> that's, why, that's why he's not as angry yeah. as, as he possibly potentially could have been. But I love I loved like the Welcome Back to Mayberry kind of street it was on. It, it just looked so not New York. It, it almost looked like a stage drop. It know? did. And then it looked so white, too, because me and Mike. <laughs> because it was. <laughs> Mike, Ralph, and I get out of the car. And we kind of walk in. And as we're walking, before we even get out of the car, it's like they had a spot waiting for us. I think they saw us coming, and that guy just like bolted out, you know. Well, yeah. It's where the cops can keep a better eye on us. <laughs> hey, darkies. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. I was like, wow. You know, like we walked outside and you see all the, all the white couples walking together. And nothing against white people. Just, Holding you know. each other for dear life as we're walking past. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like one of them did that. I'm like, no. Uh, no I, that's just you bugging out. So you yeah, My favorite part, though, was, um, you know, um, we, had, we were delayed a little bit because for 10 minutes, some couple, like, stopped the cap and was, like, trying to get his rates for, like, doing the lawn or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he was haggling. I, I've got a big head, but I'm taller. So <laughs> I'm at least Ecuadorian. <laughs> I'm not Mexican. But, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a fun time. And then, of course, we actually bought stuff. I thought we were going to just go in there and look around. But I realized I didn't have too many comics that I bought. So there was a couple of comics that I picked up, and I know you guys picked up things as well. What's some of the things you guys picked up? Well, thanks to the guidance of the, the two comic gurus, Cap and Mike. Me. <laughs> Rolling eyes. Whatever. 
uh, I just said, hey, what should I read? And you guys gave me Marvel. Booked on phonics. <laughs> <laughs> I read that too. Yeah, it actually helped me read the comics. Yeah, he also read a book called How to Cut Mike's Mic Off. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, Marvels by Alex Ross and what's the other guy? Uh, is it Mark Wade? I think it's Mark Wade. Mark, Mark, Mark Wade who wrote it, yeah. Yeah. So that was, I actually read that one and it was really good. Talk, uh, it was um, from the viewpoint of a newspaper photographer slash writer during the early 1940s, 20s? 40s? I don't think it was 40s or 20s. Which 40s. One, I think it was 40s. Because well, it, it was during World War II. So right. So it was 40s. Right. Yeah. I think early 30s. And then it yeah, goes because I think the, because uh, I think um, the invaders hadn't happened yet, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, right. so that it, so it had to be before the war. So it was these like twenties, thirties, probably. Yeah. So then it, it goes through that and shows his uh, his experience with dealing with first he he is scared of these marvels, which he calls them, because he thinks that it's gonna like, take over the world. Then he comes to grips with them. Then you got the introduction of the X Men and mutants. Mm-hmm. So now he's like, oh my god, I hate mutants and whatnot. And then he uh, he tends to listen his stance on that. And then he's like more on the Marvel side again because he's seeing how the world uh, can turn on them on a, on a drop of a dime. And, they, and by Marvel stuff, you just want to explain what, like, that, what they are. Well, that's what's his turn for like superheroes like Fantastic Four, Human Torch, Namor, right. Captain America. He said when it's Captain America's time, um, those heroes, they were like, oh, those are our boys. They're all to fight the war and whatnot. But then once um, something bad happens, America just like... They, at the drop of a dime, they flip on them and they're like, oh, it's all their fault. Once Jonah Jameson comes into the picture, right. you know, uh, blaming Spider-Man for Captain Stacy's death and whatnot, mm-hmm. and then for the death of Gwen Stacy and all that Which, stuff. Which, in all honesty, yeah. <laughs> he, he actually is kind of responsible yeah. for that one. Well, spoiler alert, please. Spoiler alert, please. <laughs> he didn't drop her. No, but he could have caught <laughs> her by more than her on, neck. If you, if you didn't know that Gwen Stacy was dead by now, Advanced Spider-Man. No, I knew it. That's the one I, where he I was about to say, goes to hold the hair and well, the hold the hair. Well, but, in Marvels, it shows that he went to he, he shot the web right. and it caught her caught her by the foot. Right. And like the whiplash of it stopping her, her from hitting the floor. It's not how it originally happened, wasn't it? Yeah. That he, no, no, no. No, wasn't there? Yeah, he hits her leg. He just like I said, it was just one of those. He gets it by the leg and you know. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Anyhow, I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I, well, I'm pretty sure Marvels wouldn't have changed the uh, the history, but I'm pretty sure it was that way before. So I thought he shot the web and it caught her in the neck and that's what snapped her neck. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. She's falling down head first. He's at an angle where he's shooting down towards her feet. The web catches her feet, causes a, like a recoil action, and the recoil it was snapped Kurt, her neck. Kurt Busiek was the right. Oh, Kurt Busiek. Oh, Kurt, oh wow. that's right. I should remember. Burke, um, Kurt so, Busiek, I think. Yeah, yeah Busiek. Yeah. So Hi, then, Kurt. <laughs> so, yeah, then, I'm sure he's listening to this podcast. Calling who the people isn't, the, Mike? Who isn't? Calling the people at the secret stash. <laughs> you know what they said about your decor? <laughs> they said you need to put things in stock. You need to tell them something. <laughs> but um, so, so what did you think of the artwork? I, it was awesome. Well, it's Alex Ross. Alex I mean, Ross, yeah. As, as tiring really as you can be of seeing Alex Ross, I mean, you got to give the guy props when it's due. And what's, what's cool is at the end of the book, they show you um, his sketches and even a little uh, explanation of, of his driving style, of his drawing style. Mm-hmm. And he, how he talks about how he uses live models, takes the pictures. Yeah. He, he dresses up the models in the costume and takes a picture and then draws the picture. Yeah. Well, he's a painter. I mean, yeah. It isn't like any um, any kind of a, a collection that you get on um, Alex Ross. It's, it is a great thing when you see like a, especially Batman and Superman, stuff like that. You see the people in their costumes and it is remarkable. The, the Wonder Woman, though, is you're always like, 
yeah, she looks better in your drawing. Yeah, there's really some nice stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely a book worth picking up. It's it's beautifully illustrated. Yeah, and then what I what I like about it too is like how it, it ends on a sort of sad but optimistic note. Right. Because the um, the reporter he's sort of given up because he's like he he can't be by um unbiased unbiased anymore because of all that's happened. So he's telling his his protege, "It's your turn now. Go on. You go and you do what I can't do and and show the world the real story." And what's funny is because then he's like, um, his newspaper boy's coming by and he's like, oh, uh, let me take a picture of you. Take a picture of me and my wife and the boy to his protege. And he's like, what's your name? Oh, uh, Daniel Ketch. And he's like, okay, good. Uh, uh, take a picture with young Mr. Ketch, a nice, ordinary boy. And for right. those of you that don't know, Daniel Ketch is Ghostwriter. Well, the second Ghostwriter. Yeah, the second Ghostwriter, Ghost yeah. yeah. So um, it's just a little funny because it's like, oh, let me take a picture of this nice ordinary boy. He won't be ordinary for long. Yeah, and, uh, but um, also like you know, uh, what's the great thing about the book is, um, and you know, leading into what Ralph was just talking about is that Marvels is it's basically a timeline of the Marvel universe up until a certain point of whenever Marvels came out. So that in other words, you're it's you know it's starting off from you know Captain America with the creation of like well, the uh, invaders and, stuff, and going forward in time. The last thing they talk about is the death of Gwen Stacy. Okay, so they, so it made it up to I don't know what year it really would have been in that world. I guess what did they consider it the sixties? Yeah, it was the 60s. yeah, because there so, was the X Men were already there. Okay, so it had to be sixties, uh, maybe late seventies. Right. Yeah, so they're doing it in more or less actual Marvel time, as much as you can put actual in um, air quotes. Um, but it's it's back how Marvel's world went, and I was just talking to these guys earlier, and I just said, you know, the nicest part about um, for Kirk is that he probably didn't have to do a ton extra finagling on his research because Marvel their universe really did run on more of a timeline. In other words, one thing happened than the other. None of this going back in time and, you know, this happens and then we disregard that. And, you know, because if you read the books themselves and we've talked about this in other podcasts, it would be, you know, if, you know, if um, so-and-so was happening, you know, and Spider-Man needed help and he'd look down and see Ghost Rider zipping off somewhere, he couldn't get in touch with them, but then it would say like, you know, check out what Ghost Rider is doing in issue blah, 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 blah. And if you read issue blah, 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 You'd see Ghost Rider talking to somebody, and he'd be like, "What's Webhead doing up there? Well, I don't have time to stop." Yeah, you know. <laughs> and then a reference back to the Spider-Man. Exactly, mission. which told you that it was all happening at the same time, and it was a wonderful timeline. Um, I just want to use that as a moment to talk about the comic book that I read, only because it's a really good segue. Because the comic book that I, or at least the the graphic novel I picked up, ties in exactly when we're talking about how we make a, a, a universe complete. Right. Or the right way to make a universe complete. I have Secret Wars. Love now, it. Love it. Secret Wars, I mean, just to give, uh, to make a really long story really short, and yes, the cover's done by Alec Ross. Or at least that cover's done by yeah, Alec Ross. Yeah, not the original. Yeah, the original was done. Actually, the original was done by Mike Zek and um, Bob, Bob Laley, I believe. But um, just, just wondering, looking at this thing, and knowing that Alex Ross uses models, who the hell do you use as a model for the Hulk? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But that's, that's I, I want to know why his vertebrae is in front of his body, though. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's the... I know it's a shadow, but I just make fun of it. The yeah. of his abs. <laughs> that's Mike being picky. That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so for those who don't know, just oh, give look, you... Kev, you're here. <laughs> Johnny! <laughs> so to give everybody an idea of what Secret Wars is in a nutshell, basically, Marvel used to have um a, uh, like we say marvel had their universe established but they never had really big multi-crossovers they had like thank a, god they had characters <laughs> popping into other books every now and again so it was a doctor strange book yawn spider-man might, spider-man might drop by every once in a while 
or um, Ghost Rider might drop in every once in a while, but it wasn't like you had multiple things like now. This was the first major crossover book that Marvel had done. So this is um, basically um, a, a celestial being. The, the Beyonder. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, a celestial being who we find out later is the Beyonder. Um, Quick question. Is this the Beyonder from the Spider-Man uh, animated series? It's, yeah. where, it's where they got the idea from, yeah. But, well, it's, oh. well, it's not the idea because he took physical form in Secret Wars 2. Right. Which was horrible, Yeah, but, but based on the, the animated series, the animated series kind of – they told the Secret Wars story but not really – the way it was oh, right, right. Done, but yeah. I just meant that the fact that he had a physical shape, it's, it's yeah. from the second one. But in this one, he's just... No, no, my question was, did he look like something similar to what he looked like in the oh, cartoon? Oh, even the look, no? though, when they drew him, no. He looked like um, he looked like an oh, actual white Michael, Michael Jackson. Because it was the 80s. Yeah, because he, and he had the Jerry Curl. But he was a white guy, but he had the Jerry Curl. So mullet. wait, Michael was black then, and this dude was white. <laughs> well, he, was, he, was, he was on his transition stage back then. Uh. <laughs> so um, in, in, in sequel... And this guy wasn't surrounded by little boys. Oh. Just, thinking, I'm wow. just I'm just mentioning stuff. It had to be Mike. And now all the pedophile lights go up. <laughs> they all flare up. But yeah, Secret Wars is basically a first crossover. And what they decided was this being decided to have fun and and put up these kind of like, um, I, oh, what do you call them? Like these these little buildings and um, they're, they're power surges and, and all the heroes were like, well, where are all these buildings showing up out of nowhere? They're in Central Park. What does this got to do with anything? And the Avengers, the X Men, Spider Man. And Iron Man, who wasn't part of the Avengers at that time, right. because it was um, James Rhodey. Rhodes, mm-hmm. it was Rhodey, they all walk into this like building-like shape, and they disappear. And they get um, whisked away to, to a, a different universe, all the way on the other side, far away from the Earth. So basically, this being the Beyonder says, okay, we have a bunch of villains, we have a bunch of heroes, and I'm going to put together a planet. I'm going to make a planet, and you're going to be there, and you're going to fight each other. And whoever wins gets what their heart desires. So, mind you, you have, like, the X-Men, and you, you have the X-Men, you have the Avengers, you have Spider-Man, and, like I said, you have Iron Man. On the other side, you have, like, Doctor Doom. Galactus. Gal- Galactus. The Lizard. The Lizard, the Wrecking Crew. The wrecking Crew. Molecule Man was there. Molecule Man was there. That and was also, oh, uh, um, oh, Ultron. Ultron, yeah. Yeah, Ultron. So, so you have, you have, I mean, the, the villains weren't as scary as the heroes, but, you know, like, the heroes were pretty heavy hitters. And you had, like, I'm sorry, Galactus? He, Galactus. <laughs> you, I, I've never been a, a big fan of Galactus. Well, I mean, not a fan, but you talk about heavy hitter. Yeah, <laughs> but it's Galactus, Doom, and them. The Wrecking Crew, really? Ultron. I mean, hey, the, the Wrecking you got, Crew. You got to compensate, oh, bro. Yeah. You got to compensate. Yeah. And, uh, and then you had Titania, and you had. Um, well, that she. Be, well, we finally got Titania. Yeah, because she was nor Volcana. They were both introduced there. Feels right. like the villains were top heavy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were definitely very top heavy, but the, just especially the, with Titania. Volcana. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and now Cap gets it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> in mid-sentence, I did get it. But, but yeah, so, so the whole series was, you know, just showing, you know, all these multiple teams fight against each other in a, in a, in a 12-part series. Damn it, those peas. Um, but it was yeah. also good, though. It wasn't just about fight. Because, I mean, you know, because I definitely I love the story, so I don't want anyone to, to think that this is like a, you know, was a 12-issue fight scene. It was a whole lot of much more, quote-unquote, realism to the situation, right. meaning... You know, you have villains that are like, dude, I'm not that much of a villain. Why am I even over here? You know, you have yeah, those kind of questions. Yeah. You have heroes that are like, I just want to go home. I mean, I'm a hero, but I'm not on this kind of level. Exactly. You know, I mean, you just had all these. So you had people that were just like, hey, I'll side with you if you're trying to get us out of here. Or, 
you know, and not everybody got along. Like me, uh, right. Mike and I were talking about this. You know, you don't, you didn't have people saying, "Oh yeah, well we're heroes and we're together." No, no, no. It was like the Avengers, were like, "Yeah, we don't trust the X Men because they're mutants." Right. And and the, the X Men, like, no, we got to stick together because we're mutants. And actually, Magneto, you should come along with us. And Magneto's like, "Well, you know, you need to follow me." And they're like, "What the fuck is with this guy's problem?" So there was a lot of inner tor- turmoil in in within the teams. Right. Even when Doctor Doom left on his own, he goes, oh. "Fuck you guys, I'm on my own." Uh, yeah, but this I, is well, not Latveria. <laughs> it wasn't Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I want um, to suck your blood. Ah, 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 ah. How many times? One, one, two, two times. But also, it was, I mean, you get to see Galactus get smacked down. Yes. Because he tried to leave, and the Beyonder was just kind of like, yeah, I'm an entire universe, so you go sit your ass back down. <laughs> sit your candy ass back down, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so it was, it was really good stuff like that. And also, that's where Spider-Woman came from. Carpenter? Yeah, uh, Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman. Right. That's the woman that had the Venom-like costume that Spider-Man attempted to duplicate and failed miserably. Yeah. You had a lot of things to, that come out of it, and I don't know if I should say it because of spoilers, but I know that um, Spider-Man's costume got the change. Right. Well, I mean, that's just, I mean, not so much a spoiler, it, but just so anyone knows it that got the change? <laughs> well, it, it had Sp- menopause. <laughs> this, is, this, is where ve- this is where Venom... Um, originally showed up. Right. So as far um, as the, the symbiote, symbiote, the yeah. symbiote this, okay. as far as the comic book world goes, um, in Secret Wars, I forget which one it was. Now was it number five? nine? Oh, nine, nine. That far in. Um, you just it's the cover is Spider Man in this black outfit, and it just says like you know, I, what is it, something like out of war comes a costume or something like that. But yeah. that's when he got his change. Now the, the whole symbiote <laughs> thing wasn't known yet by any means because, um, like I said, this new this woman ended up getting superpowers and becoming Spider Woman. And her costume looked very much like uh, Venom's costume. So when Spider-Man's costume got really ripped, because again, remember, he's on a different world. He has no access to his closet full of costumes. And he's just like, well, this is getting tattered. So he goes to the machine that he saw Julia Carpenter use, and it blinks, and he has this black costume with the white spider. And he just says something like, oh, I must have been thinking about that other Spider-Woman and duplicated the look of her costume. You know, exactly. Uh, Amid the chaos, there comes a costume. Number eight. Okay. Um, Ironically enough, I am wearing a Venom shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where it all And you look from. that mysterious. <laughs> yeah. It's just something about me. <laughs> but yeah, just all in all, without giving too much away, Secret Wars, if you want... Uh, Everybody dies. No, I'm only kidding. You're only serious, but okay. <laughs> but I'll say this, that um, Secret Wars, if you want to read a really good crossover... Read the book. The only thing I'll say, it, it can be a little word heavy and a lot of 80s kind of slang thrown in. Right. It's very 80s, very dated. And all the black people sound like, you know, black people. I'm like, <laughs> they speak oh, I'm sorry, stereotypical black people. Because what I mean is that you, you have Iron Man, who for years was Tony Stark, but now in this particular incarnation, it's James Rhodes. James Rhodes, right? Yeah. He's not War Machine. He's Iron Man. No, he's, he was he was right. Iron Man before he was War Machine. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I remember the Iron Man. The the uh the he had the drinking problem. Yeah. So I that. right. Well, during the drinking problem, Iron Man still existed, but it was James Rhodes, and no one at all knew that that was him because at that point, no one knew that Tony Stark was Iron Man. Oh. And even the few that did, whenever Iron Man showed up, he just never took his mask off. So he just pretended to be, you know, um. Tony Stark Tony the Stark. entire time. And it's the one thing that annoyed me about Secret Wars because what I was trying to say before was that, you know, here you would have, if you had Tony Stark speaking, he would say, speak one way. Now, just because it's somebody else, different culture, different nationality, you could change the way they say things, but you don't have to make them sound like Jive Turkey. And he says it a couple of times in the comic books. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, get that turkey. I'm like, really, Iron Man, you're saying this? <laughs> and, and you see the, the way they draw Captain America? He's like that. The, the white guy with the um, always eyes closed. 
the strong chin, eyes yeah. closed, and you're like, how does he see? His eyes are always closed. He's colorblind. <laughs> he doesn't need to see. <laughs> He's Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> and and the mic did you, and I know did you pick up anything? Um, I didn't pick up anything besides my normal stuff. I have nothing, um, you know, of, of actual input that way as far as new stuff. But I did want to add on about the Secret Wars, though, which um, uh, is that when Cap kept saying about it being, um, you know, uh, you know, more of a tie-in kind of book kind of thing, what was great about it, and Marvel did what DC couldn't do and what Marvel has not done since then, is they did such a great job of, when Secret Wars went on, the comic books didn't just pretend that their heroes weren't anywhere else. So when you read Spider-Man during the Secret Wars 12 issues, yeah. <clears throat> Spider-Man would not be in fact They would say either this is preceding Secret Wars. Actually, there was never an after because it wouldn't have made sense because he would have come back in his new costume. So every Spider-Man issue you got was something like, hey, this happened, but we never told you about that tale or something like that. Or like maybe somebody might be like, like tales from the crypt. Yeah, kind uh, of like that. Uh, like uh, for instance, like it might be like, for instance, I mean, I don't think there was an actual issue like this, but it might be like, for instance, me, Ralph, and Cap, and Cap are sitting around telling about, hey, remember that time Spider-Man saved you? And that would be the story. Like, in other words, they didn't pretend that, you know, everything went on and here's just your regular story. And that was for 12 issues when you think about that. That was almost so, a year. So they didn't do what they're doing now with, right. when they do crossovers. Right. Which you is know, freaking blasphemous. Yeah, that everything is happening simultaneously, yet it's not referenced in anybody book. And Mike, thank, thank you very much for, for, for reminding, of, rum, uh, reminding me of that. See, I went so long without stumbling. That's the cap. Shit it. It's, it's like talking to Speedy, the car. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. But yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that was the most important part about it, that there are consequences that came out of the crossover, but also while this series was going on, the comics were still the other comics like Spider Man and X Men were still going on, but they were making sure you know no they're still stuck in this universe. Right. So you know either we're going to do an issue about an old tale or see whoever's left. Right. And show you what's going on with them while they're in this universe. Right. Because they're trying to find their comrades. And also what I like too is for several issues, not just the one you know um, obligatory issue when everything comes back. For several issues, you had people saying like you know I'm still freaked out about being taken to that planet. You know, the heroes were still like, I don't know what the hell just happened. You so know, they, they had post-traumatic stress yeah, they disorder. Did. You know, some of them did. I mean, it was just, it was really, it was really realistically, you know, done for a comic, you know, handling something like that. But the only other thing I wanted to mention too, and it's funny that when everyone talks about comics from the 80s and 70s, they're always like, what well, was wordy? I'm like, no, it was a story that got told in an issue or two, as opposed to doing it the... Um, uh, Bendis way of taking that same amount of words and spending it over 10 issues <laughs> to tell one story. No, you know? I felt like Shooter did a good job, but I felt like he did get, he got Claremonty. There's some yeah. issues where it's like, okay, oh, we yeah. don't need to explain every, you've told that point in page two, page four, and page six. Right. Why on page nine and 10, you, you, you're giving me a paragraph about the same fucking point. And that was my issue. You no, know, no, I there like, is that. There you know, is there's, that. You're right. There needs to be narration. There needs to be you know, a story to get, that goes on that doesn't have to be bang, bang, punch, punch. Right. But I think that if you go over the same point about, well, nobody knows that. Guy. Nobody knows that. It could be Peter Parker. And they go over it for like four or five times. Right. It's like, we, we know. <laughs> Act like we're smart, please. But they just they just Yu-Gi-Oh'd us. <laughs> now they Yu-Gi-Oh us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's Dragon Ball Zing us. I was about to say. Choose your words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot Big Big Kev was mad that I that I One thing I I'm glad you segued into here. One thing I wanted to address. How are you a Dragon Ball Z fan and you let them get away with bashing it? Damn. <laughs> 
Well, you see what had happened was. Exactly. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Look, here's the one thing I'll say that I agree and disagree. Dragon Ball Z can be overly dramatic, but being that it's, you know, for the majority, a martial arts-themed cartoon with, you know, the high um, regard to morals and values, et cetera, et cetera, you kind of have to live with that. Right. You can't have, you know, a show and it's like, oh, we're just going to fight. All right, cool. Boop, boop. No, there has to be a why. There has to be well, you know, I have reasons. No problem with that's, the why. That's fine, but when you have the cell games lasting 50 episodes, you know, then you know there's something wrong there. It yeah. was annoying whenever they put, um, <laughs> what the heck is his name? Uh, the dude with the fro. Vegeta? No, man, oh. the human. The, the, the oh, champ. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that bozo. The, yeah, the, I could have done without that. But, you know, if you watch Kai, they take all of the fillers out. I mean, because that's the thing also. The original one has a lot of fillers. Goku went to get his driver's license. Like, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> and the Piccolo are learning how to drive. Like, wow. you understand how ridiculous this is? So now in Kai, they just do away with anything that isn't related, you know, straight into that. So, if, you know, if you guys ever want to get into it, uh, Kai would be the way to go because okay. they just do away with all So we just stuff. went from Secret War to Dominican Wars. I love <laughs> <laughs> Choose your words wisely. I, I want to see Marvel do a 12-issue issue about that. <laughs> Mm. Well, going back to the Secret Stash for a second. I mean, Secret Wars, excellent book. I'm glad you picked up Marvels. I know you picked up um, Kingdom Come as well. And Craven's Last Hunt. Craven's right? Last Hunt and uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So, yeah. And by the way, people should read uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It, I love the movie. The movie is nothing like the book at all. But I love the movie. I thought it was fun. I don't know why it got trashed so badly. And both um, critically and uh, just financially, you know, it just got trashed so badly. But uh, the book is really, really well done for anyone that's interested in reading it. Yeah, I mean, I, I read it once and I remember really, really enjoying it. I think that's why people didn't like it because I know a lot of people who had read the book yeah, and then turned around nothing. and saw the movie and were like, well, I mean, it's not even the same plot of the book. Not at all. <laughs> you know? No, not at all. I have a quick question in regards to what I asked earlier. So I asked you about how they did in the Spider-Man, uh, the, the animated series. Right. I was um, just flipping through it. and Flipping they, through Secret Wars? They left out a lot of shit. Oh, they Jesus. left out most of it. I mean, you know. They, and they, I, I like the way they did it in the show. Yeah. But I, I look, I've just flipped, what, the first 30 pages? And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Marvel, don't get me wrong. Marvel did a good job when they, when they had to take it and put it into Spider-Man the Animated Series. They did a decent job for what it was. And because, considering you had a lot to put in. Exactly. Yeah. You, so you had to, like, figure out. You had, to, you had to slim down your cast, figure out who would make sense in the Animated Series. And then how would the beyond work and that kind of stuff? And and without, like you said, slimming it down, but also taking characters that we've already introduced, because otherwise I'm going to have to give you a huge backstory on all these characters that you've never seen. Ironically enough, when they put uh, Felicia Hardy, I'm like, why is she? But then I understood, oh, you know, Spider-Man's right. got a thing for her, et cetera, right. et cetera. Right. And since they got rid of Mary Jane, because apparently she was a clone and trapped in some like parallel universe or whatever. That was annoying. That was just <laughs> weird. Even though there was a clone Mary Jane, wasn't there in the comics? In the comic, I think there was, yes. Yeah, I just don't think it led no, into all they, that. No, but they fumbled. Oh, in, no, I saw it. Right? Yeah, but that whole That's when why she, was, she was just like Hydra Man, yeah. it turned out, and I'm like, huh? And he's a somehow cloned like. the bitch evaporate or some shit like yeah, that? Yeah. Like she wasn't man. stable. So that's why she's just like... Mary Jane's never stable like all women. I was just about to say, she was and a woman. now we apologize to all the women. <laughs> to all the women that listen to this podcast, you know the, who, who the three of you are. <laughs> One of them did the intro. <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, so Secret Wars, I mean, even though I think it was a good version of Spider-Man, but Spider-Man did a good version of Secret Wars, but the book 
It's totally different. The yeah. book is a, t- a total different. I can thing. see that now. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, worth reading. Yeah, and, and actually, before we go on break, I just wanted to talk about um, how the the trip ended, or at least the trip ending in regards to the the, um, the stash. Oh yeah. At the end. Oh, me? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, for me, I was kind of wondering. Or actually, Ralph mentioned in the beginning when we're coming out of the car. He goes, "Do you think we're gonna see anybody from Comic Book Men?" And I said, nah, I don't think so. I said, actually, we might see one person because it's Saturday. You figure somebody's working there from Comic Book Man. Right. But, of course, I was trying to be like a Debbie Downer. Like, yeah, but probably nobody's there. You know, I'm- You're trying to reverse the mojo? Yeah, I was because I was well, like. Well, Cap's motto is uh, expect nothing so that way you won't get hurt. Right. Absolutely. And, and sure enough, as sure as um, the sky's blue and water's wet, who's at the register? Not just in the back, at the register. And we didn't even notice when we walked in. Actually, I Was it Kevin noticed- Smith? <laughs> no, because you would have had a war with him. Oh my god! It was I my- got a few words for you, Mister Smith. <laughs> but but I wouldn't have this. gotten any of them in. <laughs> he would have wow. still been telling me about himself. <laughs> so, from comic book men was um, comics, comic book men's own Mike Zapsick. Woo, nice guy. Yeah, yeah, really cool. And that's what made it really cool. It wasn't that we just saw somebody from TV that does the show and about comic books? No, it's this guy. He does the show about comic books. And he was really like, um, I guess the word is welcoming. Yeah. No, no, he definitely was. I think what made it really cool was that um, I think in the beginning, like when Ralph realized who it was, Ralph every five minutes is saying, telling Mike Hoffman, oh, you're looking for a book? Ask ask Mike in the front. Ask Mike in the front. I'm like, (laughs) we don't need to know. We don't need to know where it is. Mike Mike Hoffman can figure it out. And Mike's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ralph's like, but ask Mike in the front. He'll tell you where it is. Mike, I was like, Mike, ask him, Mike. Mike, Mike. It's like a paradox yeah, or something. I didn't, I didn't mind asking him, but he was um, he was just on the phone. And I mean, I, I guess because it is a smaller town. I mean, like I said, it's it does have a very Mayberry feel. So no one's in a rush, it seemed like, in that place. And Mike was handling whatever he was handling. So that I had seen those same two people up there for like five minutes. And he was on the phone about something else. So I'm like, well, he's not really going to have the chance to answer my question. He's handling customers and right. someone on the phone. So, you know. Well, there was like some kids selling uh, commemorative superhero plates to the store so he was oh, like really? I didn't yeah. realize that yeah that's what okay. they were doing oh wow yeah, pretty cool I, 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 so I, I, he was actually like watching the show right there <laughs> yeah, how much you give me for this and he was like um, for this I give you uh, 35 bucks oh I didn't see that yeah oh wow oh. I, I did see that that woman though that what does she do there the, the woman that was absolutely oh. of, of negative help on the computer <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh Hey, do you know where the someone says no? no you, you need to ask, ask Mike. Mike. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then come up with a whole different question. Oh, would, would you happen to um, have stuff in the back stock on the? You need to ask Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask what does she do here, but she would have probably told me to ask. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but me, but meeting Mike was real cool because because it was a perfect end of the trip because we get our books. We're going to the register, and there goes Mike at um, there goes Mike Zapsick at the, the register so we're all being ring, rang up for our items and we're having a conversation about um comic books itself he looks at ralph's stack of, of all his comic books and like we said he's got um craven's last hunt and he's got um kingdom comes he's got these books that are like from the past and he goes oh wow these are these are some really good books you know you um what, what, what you're picking them up for something like that so ralph tells him the story about you know he was asking us about what to read and we recommended this and he was like oh yeah good read so we start talking about stuff and then what made it really cool was he shared a story with us yeah. about um, him losing his house due to Sandy. Well, yeah. not losing his house. His, L- uh, comics, to- his comics collections. Yes. Because yeah. Sandy. Because Sandy destroyed his house. Yeah. 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 And talked about he, he had lost his comics. And, you know. and mind you, if you watched Comic Book Man, you know this happened. 
But he's telling us a separate story because we were talking about the writer Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Who is one of my favorite writers. Yeah, and Hoffman was, was shooting the shit with him. And then, of course, Mike oh, said, I was all over Neil's dick. I'm just letting him know right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably still chafing. <laughs> no shame in Mike's game. <laughs> oh, I, I, man, I, I, I would love to meet Neil Gaiman. He's one of those writers I would love to meet. But you got to As he said that, he literally got giddy. <laughs> <laughs> but when you have a BBC, that, those things will happen. <laughs> so, 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 long and short, um, you know, uh, Mike Zapsik kind of, uh, um, Mike Hoffman tells Mike Zapsik, you know, my friend here, the cap, you know, hasn't read um, Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Yeah, that's like, the What? Shame. You haven't read it? And, and then goes into a story about how he likes Neil Gaiman, how Neil Gaiman helped him out. During a time in his life when he had lost all his comics and all that stuff. It was just such a touching story. And he shared it with us. And meanwhile, he could be helping everybody else in the back. And there was a line actually forming behind us for people to buy things. And he shared that story with us while he's bringing things up and he's kind of talking with us. And it was, he was very engaging. He, he, it was just really, really cool. Yeah. And it just felt like this is the way the trip should end. It was a nice way to yeah. end the trip. No, 100%. And the nice part, too, is that um, we had already said about you know the the appearance of the town and the fact that we were the darkest thing in that town at least that we could see. If you're just wondering, no one behind us said anything to usher us along. Yeah. <laughs> hey, quit moving! What'd you say? <laughs> Turn around, I will cut you. I will cut you. You leave me alone. <laughs> Have you seen my people? I know Sharkeisha. <laughs> I haven't seen his face, but I'm sure that black man is angry. <laughs> so, any, any final thoughts? Oh, Sonic was awesome. Oh yeah, we did stop at Sonic, and uh, you know, I saw I saw two people put away food like they were feeding the Ethiopians. Well, who are you talking about? Well, the cab well, it wasn't here, me. The, the cab here had a trough of uh, chili cheese uh, tots. Oh my! Oh God. my goodness! Just, and I don't regret just it. Splash that, bro. <laughs> just, I'm just imagining <laughs> that whole trough of tot, tater tots with the chili cheese on it. And it's making my stomach hurt right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a great experience. And an even better experience is the entrance of the place had a fire engine in front of it. And I'm yelling out, oh, that might be the entrance right there where the fire engine is. <laughs> Ralph drives by it. <laughs> so then Ralph, Ralph goes into the driveway to kind of like look at the GPS. He goes, oh, but it's, it's a, my GPS is somewhere around here. I'm like, yeah, it's right there. He's like, you, I didn't hear you say that. I'm like, I yelled it. I said it's right there. He goes, I thought you were joking. I'm like, well, he was using his Helen Keller GPS, and that wasn't giving him much. Ray Charles is busy signaling over that way. <laughs> Stevie Wonder's phoning like, you know, I, even I would drive instead of letting a friend drive drunk. And I'm like, he's not drunk. And, and that's what made it funny. Not only did I say it, there's a big fucking fire engine in front of the station. Well, that's why I didn't see it because of the fire engine. And but then, if you look beyond the fire engine, you see Sonic. Well, yeah. You the, went to the Mike the Finance Guy School of Navigation. Dude. <laughs> and, and, and I, I make no lie about it, though. I'm honest about it. Yes, he does. He does. Oh, I am honest it. about that. And I did like the firemen, though, that were like, what, taking up money for uh, like their night drinks <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what their sign was for exactly but we gave them money anyhow yeah, yeah. pitching for happy hour <laughs> they were like, yeah, i put money in the boot and it was like for some charity but you could tell it was like like the the, the nickel beer charity yeah something, yeah it was definitely something this fishbowl night down there that's what it is <laughs> night. but you know but we were smart you know we gave the money and stuff like that because you know it's a whole fire brigade of tough looking white guys with axes and we're three dark-skinned people in the car. <laughs> you know, I'm like, we're in, just give them money. <laughs> the cap is light-skinned, but don't let that fool you. Yeah. It's like it's he wasn't that kind of light-skinned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a small town. We could just disappear, man. You see, I'm officially hating. Not because you guys got to see, you know, uh, 
the, the secret stash and everything. You motherfuckers went to Sonic without Yep. Me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it was next good. time, Kev. Next time. Next time. time. <laughs> you sound like the guy at the uh, end of the show on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> next time on Dragon Will Ball Z. Will our heroes triumphantly <laughs> defeat Frieza? Next, Find out. <laughs> next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. So we'll be back with Be Wild 22 pages later after Kevin stuffs his face with some chips. Oh. It can only be answered a book at a time. It can only be answered a book at a time. It can only be answered a book at a time. It can, it can only be answered a book at a time. The question that is on everyone's mind. What's on Mike's shop? Shop, 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 shop. That rap gets louder and louder every time we do it, huh? <laughs> Mike, I can't shelf, wait. Shelf, shelf, shelf. I can't wait for the Tupac Shakur version. <laughs> I, I, I'm in talks with uh, P Diddy to remix it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Obviously, if we'll lose viewership then. <laughs> if we're if we're talking about the song, you know what segment we're on. What's on Mike's shelf? Mike's got a big old shelf full of books and dust. And dust. <laughs> well, I avoided the dust. And um, we usually go to our trusty little hand clicker it's called a spinner cap whatever spin i don't know how they called it in your days <laughs> what they did well, then what did they use they used the chicken bones right throw it on the floor what did the guys <laughs> tell us no 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 no. it was a sundial a sundial <laughs> spin the fucking wheel <laughs> aye aye captain les élèves bon temps roulé <laughs> and uh for the people that don't speak french that is let the good times roll oh i thought you were ordering gumbo <laughs> <laughs> I just love that last. There it goes. Jesus. <laughs> you know, if this was on the Wheel of Fortune, that show would have been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> the would have just started telling people what the damn thing was. <laughs> well, here we go. Book number 36. 36. Ooh, oh, wow. We're not 36. in the 70s and the 60s like last time. <laughs> Book 94. There's only 70. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. So what, what we, we got, got on your shelf, man? We have the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Century 1910. Huh? Yeah. Explain. Question um, mark? Yeah. Um, well... We had actually just, by pure circumstance, brought up <laughs> The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, um, which is what uh, Ralph bought as one of his books um, at the Secret Stash. And for years, the only other book after that had been League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, number two. Uh, but then I guess uh, Alan Moore decided there was more to the story. And um, this is, he did three more books. One took place century 1910, 1969, and then 2009. And even though they came out in different years, I mean, not just the, obviously they didn't come out in the years of the title, um, but they came out um, starting in 2009 all the way up until I think 2012 is when he wrote them. Uh, there is a theme that goes through all the books that connect them and it tries to reach back even to the first two books. So um, the easiest way to, to, to describe The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is just basically from the movie. Most people probably have seen the movie. It's been on channels for years, you know. Um, uh, it's... Alan Moore did something clever, and it was very clever at the time, and I'm not saying it was unique, um, but at least for the comic book world, it was, it was pretty clever, right. is that he took all of the, or not so all, he took a ton of fictional characters, pure fictional characters, from all genres and all writers. It didn't matter. I mean, they were none of his creation, but then he put them all together as a team. So, like, in, for instance, if you've seen the movie, you know that there was uh, Alan Quartermain, yeah. Um, you know, which was a very British thing. Uh, there was Mina Harkness, which was from Dracula, so that was Bram Stoker. 
The Invisible Man. You know, I think that was H.G. Wells, I think, was yeah. The Invisible Man. Right. Okay. Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde, which was Robert Louis Stevenson. Yep. Um, Tom Sawyer from uh, Mark, Mark Twain. Twain. Yep. You know, and before I embarrass myself, oh, um, oh, uh, the portrait of Dorian Gray. Um, Dorian Gray himself, which was from Oscar Wilde. You know, so that was in the movie, yes. I mean, you know, that's just in a few of the characters. I mean, I think the guy in the movie uh, was Moriarty, and that's a Sherlock Holmes villain, yep. and that's from uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Yep. You know, so I mean, just to get the idea. So he's continued, and in his books, there's far more characters mentioned, not so much in them, but mentioned, because he tries to really give a lot of breath into, you know, to situations. So 1910, you still have, I, I think, um, Nemo, these are no spoilers, I mean, it opens this way. Nemo is dying because it's 12 years after the last adventure of um, the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen number two. And um, he's got his son enlisted, and his son is like Johnny Dakar, and he's just a new captain of the Nautilus. Um, Mina Harkness is still there, and um, so is Alan Quartermain. They're still alive. And they're just joined by a whole host of other people. Um, in this case, Mycroft Holmes is now leading the group. Mycroft Holmes is Sherlock Holmes' older brother. Yep. So you get just things like that. Um, they, they, again, he does as much to play on things as possible. At one point, there's some character called Andrew Norton, and he's some time traveler. He comes back, and he only speaks in riddles, and he's referencing things about Harry Potter and the Iraq War and, and just things like that. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. I, 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 unfortunately, I have to be embarrassed. I don't remember the story clearly enough to give you a much more of a plot purpose, but just know that there is something that's threatening uh, some of the crowns, so you get something threatening England, but this is leading to something larger. If I remember correctly, by the time you get to the last book, you realize there's something that's threatening, I won't say all of reality, it's not universally cataclysmic, but it's something that's at least major. I would say it's threatening a large part of reality. Okay. Well, how did you feel the artwork was? I mean, you sound like you, got, you have the, the story down, Pat, even though you, you can't remember The artwork is everything. Kevin O'Neill, and I'm trying to think, is Kevin O'Neill the one that did the first one? I, he may be the artist all along. I'm not even sure on that. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember offhand. Uh, but, I mean, the art, I like it. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's the artist from the original. So I think he's the artist through the entire five books. Um, so if you, again, if you read, see one book, you've seen them all. But I think the artwork is good. It's, it's, it's got a, uh, a sort of simplistic, almost like an old style to it. Like, you know, um, I, I don't know how to put a cap. Maybe you can describe it a little bit better since I know that you're much more the artwork guy. Okay. Because it, it's funny, I'm looking at it. And, and you know who it reminds me of? Not necessarily, but Lynn Yu. Oh, Lynn Yu? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can kind of see that. Okay. Kinda, it's very like... Um, Oh, I'm looking uh, for a word beyond simplistic. Um, oh, thank you. Um, trying to find a word beyond simplistic. Um, minimalist, I think. Okay. Yeah, you know, because we're, we're, a lot of the lines kind of like merge with each other. So, you know, you, you have detail, but it's a really simple form of, of drawing. I mean, it, it's well done. Yeah. But it's, it's an excellent job, and the coloring is really good. And it's, it's written by Alan Moore. And all the books are written by Alan Moore. I mean, The League is his creation. It's... The, the, Alan Moore's a freak. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, you can't really take uh, almost anything he says, you know, or I should say you have to take everything he says with a grain of salt, but the man can write. That's the one thing yeah. you do. Because you do know that there's been a, a new Alan Moore controversy. Another one? Yeah, where he, I, and again, I, I don't have the article in front of me, uh, but just recently he had just said that um, any adult that is still reading caped superhero type comic books needs to really seek um, psychological attention. That's what he said? Yeah, he, and he wasn't being... <laughs> funny he was being completely serious he's saying that there should be no cape superhero for adults and that if you're an adult reading it you have issues 
Yeah. Says wow. the creator. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and he he he's thinking about. Yeah, I know I wrote them and da 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 da. But I've now realized that if you're still reading these kind of books, then you have problems. That's what I'm telling you. The man's got issues. Remember That's what happens know? when you become wealthy. Wealthy, and I think he was already a little bit off. But but he's he's already. I mean, they've always talked about Alan Moore being yeah. a little bit off, being one of our great comic book writers of this time. But the boy's and, and whack. Evidently, it's biggest detractor. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I bet you now, by him saying that, his sales are probably skyrocketing. Probably so. No one's going to burn their books. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and what's funny, have you ever seen a picture of Alan Moore? Oh, my God. He looks like um, Hedrick, or whatever that guy's name is from Harry Potter. Hadrick. Hadrick. Oh, yeah. Hadrick. He's got this long beard with extra long hair and these, these kind of beady eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, he looks of, crazy. He, he looks like he's fucking nuts. Yeah, he, but I mean, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> and Ralph just found a picture. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he looks like Hagrid's brother. He really does. You know. Yeah. So I mean, we can only take what he says with a grain of salt. But one thing I will say is that his 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 work on um, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I've always enjoyed it, and the fact that 1910, you know, that when we picked that book. Just shows that, you know, I mean, maybe he's crazy, but he still writes a good book, right? Yeah. Is that Alan Moore or the guy from the Dr. Pepper commercial? <laughs> <laughs> he is just wild. and cra- I mean, if he was my neighbor, I'd move. <laughs> if you look at that picture, you feel like an eagle is going to land on his yeah. shoulder. <laughs> all, all you know is that every time like that picture is shown to Charlie's Manson, he's just going, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does kind of look like that. <laughs> he looks perfectly normal to me. I mean, he could have an extra swastika on his head if he and, wanted. And, and it's funny because Kevin Smith loves Alan Moore stuff, especially Batman Swamp Thing. And yeah, all well, he's kind of... an incredible writer. I mean, you cannot deny. I mean, is, wasn't Alan Moore the one that wrote? Um, uh, I forget Killing what Joke he wrote. No, he wrote. Not just Killing Joke, but the, the Superman one. Um, what happened to the man of tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, that was him too. Yeah, I mean, it, he's a brilliant writer. And just, I guess just to show you, a lot of times when you find these people that are brilliant at something, like, they just kind of... It's a beautiful mind, not a beautiful wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. Um, A look on Mike's shelf, and according to Alan Moore, we're still looking at his books, and we still love comic books, so we all need psychological help. Hey, guys, this is Big Kev, reminding you that these bozos want to hear from you. Bozos, meaning Cap, Ralph, and Mike. So... If you want to tell them what you think, like, Mike, stop being a hater, or, Ralph, did you, why did you choose Six Claws, or, Cap, shut up, you a Dolphin fan, please hit them up at m22cmr at gmail.com, or check out their website at meanwhile22pageslater.com, or even Twitter them up, what the heck is a Twitter them up, at meanwhile22, 22 is a number, Jack Bauer all day. Now let's get back to the show. What the heck was that? Oh, wait, sorry. Oh, it's a man that doesn't know how to use his weapon. Ah, there it is. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, That's right. God. That's a Doctor Who sonic screwdriver. Why am I on this panel? <laughs> because because you're becoming a Doctor Who lover. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Well, well maybe not. Uh, maybe not. Right. I, I will say this real quick because I'm new to this whole Doctor Who thing. I saw the last, what, what was that, 40 minutes of that episode? Probably something like that, the 50th anniversary, yeah. It's a lot of what you guys said. They do more with what they have than what they actually can. It's pretty cool and clever, but I just saw some scenes where I'm like, if I followed this, I would unfollow this. (laughs) (laughs) Unfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who just happened last Saturday. That was 
something that was simulcast at something like, I think, what, 80 to 90 countries at the exact same moment. So at the yeah. exact same moment, computers weren't working because all the geeks that usually oh work my the computers. God. Excuse me, can <laughs> anyone help me with this? <laughs> <laughs> IT departments just went down. Yeah, it was a lot of, we'll be back in two hour signs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just. It, Out you to know, watch Doctor Who. Which was, you know, just a remarkable event. And, um, you know, and so, you know, we had to get the cap to watch that episode. And, and the only thing I can say is that, you know, take it however you want that uh, my BBC was able to get Kat to come back to my apartment. <laughs> I don't know how comfortable I am saying that out loud. <laughs> I just say that Kat had a pretty, I don't know, pretty pleased look, you know, enjoying my BBC <laughs> on the sofa. <laughs> on the sofa. On the with sofa. My, with my head tilted back. With yeah. head back. <laughs> then you would have noticed I was falling asleep. <laughs> Does your BBC do that? <laughs> not, his BBC it, it just, is what, what, what woke you up. <laughs> well, how, well, how could it not? <laughs> but all, all jokes aside, all BBC jokes aside, um, it was my first time of ever watching Doctor Who. before. And mind you, on the air, we've made a bet about me watching Doctor Who. So we know that I have to watch it at some point. But... I um, it was the first time, and Mike and Ralph had told me, "Yo, Cap, you should watch this because it might be a good way of getting you introduced." Or at least that was the idea. And it's the 50th anniversary, so so they are going to reference a couple of things. But I think you'll be okay. Thank God, Mike was with me. Yeah, if Mike wasn't with me. I think after the first 20 minutes, not saying it was boring, but now I know what a what a non trekkie feels like when they're watching Star Trek with somebody. Oh, when they're watching Star Trek without somebody. Right. They're like, what the? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's a Klingon and a taser and this and that? You, you have all these questions and you don't get the answer. Well, fuck it. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I was very surprised that the that this episode wasn't a lot more accessible to everyone than it was. I mean, I mean, again, I liked the episode, but I did find that it wasn't. Because I, I even think I said on the last podcast, oh, don't worry. I mean, they're not going to go crazy and make it too hard to follow that because they're not only going to get you know the the hoobians they're going to you know try and draw in the people that just out of curiosity that want to see what all the hoopla is about and it did turn out that they were a little bit more hoobian oriented so you did kind of have to know um what was going on a, a bit because again it wasn't the kind of stellar splash cast that you that again that at least i thought and i, I think even ralph thought that we were going to have yeah. it was a very small cast and because it was a small cast you had to kind of know what you were dealing with, you know, like for, you know, for Rose Tyler to show up, you have to know who the hell Rose Tyler is and what bad and wolf means. Yeah, exactly. And what does bad wolf mean? You know, you, you need to know this kind of stuff, but, uh, yeah, it was kind of, I mean, that's one of the things is it's kind of like watching anything um, out of context or not knowing the references. You have a hard time understanding and based on what the story is about, you can either hang tough and you'll be okay. Or if the references are too much, for you to handle and that you need those references that much in order to, to understand the story in its entirety, you, you zone out. I didn't necessarily zone out. Right. It wasn't bad. It, the humor yeah. was kind of funny. It, you, know, it, you laughed a few times. Yeah, I, I did. Know? I, I kind of yeah. chuckled and smiled. And there's, a, there's two sides of me. There's the geek geek side of me. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, that's not the geek geek side of me. There's the, there's the defiant... <laughs> and there's, and there's, the, um, there's the one, this one side of me that's like, well, you know enjoy it embrace it so i'm watching it and i'm just kind of like okay it's kind of fun it's kind of interesting and the other side's like fuck it it's doctor who yeah it's doctor who it's, it's against everything you stand for you like getting ass <laughs> what the doctor what who ralph is, the, don't the make movie. me use this on you <laughs> 
the Whovians get some, but actually, the, um, just to, before we even get to talking about the show, um, I watched the Graham Norton special. And anyone doesn't know Graham Norton is a he's a British television uh, host guy, kind of like our Johnny Carson would be, except exceedingly funny and actually. The show is very relaxing. It's it's very much a non-American show, even though, you know, he still treats his guests with respect. It's just it's it's a very relaxed atmosphere of a show to watch. It was funny. So, um, but on there, of course, you know, it was about the 50th anniversary. So he had um, Robbie Williams on there, a singer, a famous singer, English singer, and uh, Emma Thompson, actress. Nothing to do with Doctor Who. Uh, Jimmy Carr, the comedian, was on there. But then he brought out uh, David Tennant and Matt Smith, and of course, you know, crowd goes wild. And then you had um, fans on a on a different screen, like they were in a different part of the studio on screen, and they he got a few fans to ask questions um, to the, the doctors, and they couldn't answer anything. Like, you know, they couldn't give anything away. Like, and no one asked about, like, you know, old episodes. They were like, well, what do you think is going to happen in the thing? And they're just like, we can't tell you, you know. So, but this one guy um, had tattoos on his body. He just had general tattoos, but he had tattoos of the signatures of, I think, by that point, four different doctors. So what it is that they would get them, he would get them to sign them in Magic Marker and then tattoo it. I've heard of that before, yeah, yeah. exactly. So he had that, and so he was on there, and he and it, Matt Smith goes, he goes, wait a minute, did I meet you at a Comic Con? <laughs> he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, I saw you in my hotel lobby. He goes, yeah, I came up to you and asked for your autograph. And and, um, and Matt goes, he goes, yeah, I don't think I was really nice to you. He goes, I was really drunk, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at the time, stuff like that. So, but anyhow, um, he goes, yeah. He goes, the only one I haven't gotten recently is um, David Tennant. And David Tennant's like, really? He goes, and I have this spot right here reserved for you, you know, for it. And so um, Graham, um, Graham Norton's like, okay, you know what? Come on out. Have my guy show you how to get to the studio, and we'll have David Tennant sign your arm right then and there. And they did and stuff like that. But the reason I was leading up to all this was Jimmy Carr, the comedian, just goes, he goes, well, can I ask you a question? And the guy, the, the guy that's coming out to get the autograph goes, yeah, what is it? He goes, what do you think sex will be like with a woman? <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy Carr. I've been saying that. Uh, what, what did the guy say? Well, actually, uh, the the person that had asked that tried to ask a question before him was a woman dressed like a Dalek. She had this really weird dress. No. Not, not the whole headpiece. She had a dress like the bottom part was like a Dalek, and you know they didn't answer her question. But he goes, "The Dalek is my wife." <laughs> and they, oh. were like, they were like, "It makes sense." <laughs> So, so this big 50th anniversary episode, and you guys felt it was okay? Like, just okay, not... Well, it was like, they hyped it up so fucking much, you know? Like, they they tell you, like, they had a, a pre-little episode to, to try to get you hyped up to show you how the doctor becomes the, the, the John Hurt doctor, which is like the war doctor, right. or the, the forgotten doctor, like they say. So they, they really hyped it up. So when you when I go to watch the episode and I'm watching it, I'm like, so much expectation. Like, yeah. And then I, I finished watching it and I'm like, it was good, but... Yeah, it felt like an episode. Yeah. I mean, at least to me, I mean, again, you know, and I know any Doctor Who and I know one particular Doctor Who out there fan <laughs> that'll probably be like, you know, just spitting at his monitor while, while I'm talking about this. <laughs> again, so let me make this very clear. I did not hate the show. I, in fact, enjoyed the show. But... <laughs> And now I'm getting to the butts. <laughs> you know. which, which Mike always does. Yes. <laughs> With Especially, BBC, you get to the butts. There you go. <laughs> Possessing BBC allows that. There you go. <laughs> but. Um, um, it's just like Ralph said. I mean, it's not just that there was hype. It, it's the fact that for a whole week, I mean, again, I guess well, I will address the hype. You, you, a whole week of BBC, their entire program was all Doctor Who. Um, whether it was showing old episodes, mm-hmm. they had specials. So they introduced you to literally every Doctor Yep. So you got all eleven at this point. We're calling eleven because we hadn't. Um, they hadn't told us that they were going to accept the War Doctor as a valid eighth incarnation. 
because that's the whole point of this show um, that just watched it by uh, Cap, uh, was that the the eighth doctor, the war doctor, had been discluded, you know, all this time from the count that they were doing. So that Matt Smith has called the eleventh doctor, but now he's orig- he now is the twelfth doctor officially. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, so you had all this leading up to the doctor. So okay, your first three doctors are dead in real life. The actors, I mean, you know, you're talking a show that's from fifty years ago, and they were right. older. The, the first right. three were also older men to begin with. They weren't some young chickens, you know. Right. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> The cap is so happy that there's some dead doctors out there. <laughs> no, I'm just so <laughs> mad at this mic. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but so the first three are dead. Right. That leaves nine. Uh, yeah, well, there's 12 now. That leaves nine alive. Now, yes, there are various old, like the fourth doctor, Tom Baker. That's the, the doctor that everybody knows, even if you're not a geek. He's the Doctor Who with the really, really long scarf. That's the one everybody knows by when they think of Doctor Who. Um, he's he's 80 years old. So you figure, and, and he's the oldest living one he's the he's the uh, in order i mean like so that the first three are dead the fourth one is the first living doctor by that point so that means everyone else is alive and they're all in various age. he's 80 so that they're probably all 60 and under approximately um so i'm thinking i mean i don't care how you had to weave it in i didn't mean that they were all going to be an integral part of the story but i expected to see all nine current living doctors Christopher Eccleston out of it because we all knew that he was not going to be there. He has some beef with the Doctor Who world and we don't know what it is. We knew he wasn't going to be there. But that aside, I expected to see everybody else in some way, shape, or form current. Just like in the show, we did get a chance to see Tom Baker interact with um, with Matt Smith and it was a wonderful scene. Uh, the fact that we got none of that, I found was a disappointment. All we got were the blue screens when all the doctors are signaling that they're here to ready to help the three doctors. The one that looks like a gypsy with that shot. Yeah. <laughs> the guy with the multicolor coat. <laughs> you want to call that multicolor? <laughs> call oh, it ugly, ugly color. That's called patches. Right I there. call that a kaleidoscope. <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much was. It's, it's funny because um, going back to what you were saying about it's a disappointment that on the 50th anniversary they weren't able to find creative ways of including all the other doctors or getting them involved. Right. Whether as an actor or the actual doctor. Right. You know, like you know, into the show, it reminds me of, and I know Kev's going to groan, um, it reminds me of when Yankee Stadium was, I believe, I think they were closing. I think when the Yankee Stadium, when the, for the original Yankee Stadium was closing in 2008, and they had a ceremony celebrating um, all of the, the, the best players that ever played at each position. And because there was some beef between the player and the organization, they couldn't get certain players on. Like for me, oh, wow. Don Mattingly, one of the best first basemen to ever wear a Yankee uniform, was not there because at that time, the Yankees and Mattingly were beefing because Mattingly was supposed to get a manager position and they, and they turned him down. So right. he, him and them just, you know, didn't, you know, didn't like see eye to eye. And also one of the best managers ever, Joe Torre, he had an out because he just finished being um, – they, they just finished letting him go, firing him, actually. Oh, okay. So it was one of those things where... So it's when you're saying that, it's like, well, it's the anniversary, the mega anniversary. You don't, right. you don't become 50 years all the time, and you couldn't find a way to include these yeah, people? Yeah, so that was disappointing. Um, the fact that, uh, again, for the fanboys to see uh, the, the actress, Billy Piper, that plays Rose Tyler, Rose Tyler. I mean, we get her there, but she's an interface. And as much as... I mean, even that could be fine, but like, um, I felt drama-wise, you really missed... Um, David Tennant, who was in love with Rose and, and couldn't, you know, eventually couldn't be with her. Like, I wanted to see some final interaction with that. 
or um, if uh, the other, just the other companions that are still alive, at least since the 2005 reboot. Um, a big thing that I at least would love to have seen, I would love to have seen, uh, again, David Tennant, particularly only because uh, um, she was pulled back during his run. I would love to have seen when they told him that Sarah Jane Smith was dead because the actress that played her really died just a couple of years ago. Now, I mean, of course they did a, you know, this show is attributed to her kind of a thing when, after she died. But my point is in Doctor Who, when a, when a real, when the real person dies in Doctor Who, that, you know, I mean, they don't always address it, but I mean, if it comes up, they won't get in a substitute. They'll just be like, oh, wow, that character did pass on, you know, and they'll, the, the doctor will be kind of hurt or whatever, or whatever the case may be. But like Sarah Jane, you know, was brought up during the tenant run. I mean, I just would have loved to have seen Matt Smith, you know, let him know that Sarah Jane has died, you know, just to see that reaction. I mean, because the thing is, everything that the older doctors, the, meaning the future incarnations were experiencing, they weren't going to remember anyhow. So for us, I just would have loved to have seen that drama. Now, that would have brought a tear to my eye or something like that. Uh, that would have brought a tear to your eye? Yeah, maybe. I As opposed know. to this episode, which was supposed to bring a tear to our eye. And you know who we're speaking to. You know who this is. <laughs> this is a shout out to Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Atlanta. A tear to the eye? Really? I was crying when the shit was on. <laughs> you know who you are, puto. <laughs> but, I mean, it, for, for a non- who person I could even see what you're talking about right. because when you were referencing things you, there wasn't that excitement that you know like like when you're sharing a movie with somebody and you're watching it and you're trying to get them to understand what it is if this 50th episode or 50th episode 50th anniversary episode if this would have had the same kind of factor I would have seen it in right. when you were explaining Owen Ralph was well just take I mean just take any TV show let's say that you've watched for several years let's say if, if, if it's one that's on that you watch and just imagine now 50 years have gone by and yet, you know, your, your actors are still alive and, you know, here's your show and you, you're, you're tuning into this big hurrah for a 50th anniversary and suddenly almost nobody from the show that you watched was on there, you know, you, or, or at least of the characters that are referenced through the show are on there, you would just be kind of disappointed. I mean, I, I expected, literally, I wanted to see Martha Jones, who is the first and only black companion Doctor Who's ever had. Yeah. You know, I mean, just... I mean, even though she's she's interacted well, with other companions in the past, but I mean, this is the fiftieth. She's still alive. Let's get her moving. You know, I, that's that was my only problem. Is I just thought that it 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 lacked the spectacular that I imagined it was going to have. And there was even a pregame show. Um, a I don't know. Pregame show. Yeah, there was yeah. a pregame show. I, I call it that all the fun. It's, but it's, it's a, a pre-show. <laughs> it's a pre-show. It Doctor Who pre-show that they had before. Right. So you had actually had like people. Uh, out in the streets and then they were having little interviews and cutting to clips of the show yeah, and they had other actors not so much from the show but just actors you know how you get someone famous they get interviewed or oh, what are you expecting you know and even they were expecting things like seeing she this one i think the one woman goes oh i'm looking forward to seeing all the companions get back together and and she said something else and i'm watching that and i actually watched the pre-show after i watched the show and i'm going well she must have had egg on her face going none of that happened <laughs> <laughs> you know well, you never know. We still have the Christmas special that's coming up. Who knows? You might have that's a little... That's true. Well, that's going to be the end of Matt Smith, though, I think, yeah. for the Christmas special. Yes. and Because, uh, again, he's going to... Um, regenerate. He's going to regenerate into the 13th Doctor that we saw the eyes of, which was... That was a really dramatic scene. I mean, that was a great... Just to hear... I, I didn't shed a tear, though. <laughs> no, I, there was no tear shedding for that. <laughs> and it's not... Uh, Peter Capaldi is going to be the next yeah. Doctor. Yeah, he's going to be a return to an older Doctor now. Yeah. Yeah, because we've had all the younger ones now, but... Um, like I said, I just, like I said, enjoyed the show. Make that very clear to anyone listening out there. I did enjoy the show. Um, just expected something more. And maybe that's my own fault. I don't okay. Know. All right. 
So, are you going to uh, say something, Ralph? No, I, I thought the show was pretty good. It just wasn't what they made me expect to see. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, and when you, like I said, and, and, you know, you'll see it too once you uh, get that second season under your belt that we're going to show you. There are some Doctor Whos that you're just going to be like, wow, that's gripping. I'll be honest with you. It's one of those things that, like I said, I, I get how you guys can get excited, but I'm not there yet. Watch, um, when um, you watch it, you're going to need a few tissue boxes next to you. Oh, please. Like, I, like we know one. how you are, Cap, so you're going to need some well, Let's just put it this way. We've been making jokes, uh, and, and I, I can't believe with our, 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 our raunchy audience out there that uh, you know <laughs> they weren't getting it. BBC, of course, is the British broadcasting company, <laughs> uh, let alone also in today's uh, sexified world, meaning the big black cock. So let me just say <laughs> that you know after we get um, Cap seeing the second season of Doctor Who, I just say that once he tries the BBC, he won't want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to fall in love with that BBC. And there you have it. Um, <laughs> uh, another attempt of Mike and Ralph trying to get me into Whoville. And I say, who the fuck? Geeks on the go. It's so weird when you're not doing it, or when I'm not doing it. It's just like, I it, that's Kev. <laughs> it was the one that sounded like a real person, <laughs> not like Ben Grimm. All right, for for the record, for the record, this is me. This is doing me. Hey, yo, Kevin. <laughs> I don't hear a difference. <laughs> Wait, do me a favor. Go, Johnny. <laughs> I, I just want to see what it sounds like. I, I'll do you one better. Yo, Adrian. <laughs> So you guys know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we never, ever reach under a minute. Reach under a minute sounds horrible. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but I never reach under a minute. Well, you don't have a BBC. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) This is the BBC episode. Okay. so (laughs) All right. So, um, like I said, I get a minute. I'll shoot out questions. Hopefully, they give me back answers. And hopefully, we'll make it under a minute. But that never fucking happens. But, hey, let's give it a try. All right. So, um, are we ready? Yes, sir. All right. Ready, set, and go. The most annoying nerd question asked of you by a non-nerd is... Mike? Well, if Lois Lane is dating Bruce Wayne, why doesn't Thor just date Wonder Woman? <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, you actually read comics? Oh, my God. Yeah, right. That's the end of dating right there. At least it was for me. Kev. Did that happen in the comics? <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. When, when you're reading comics, what music should be in the background? Ralph. Uh, the Superman theme song from his animated series. <laughs> Kev. Good one. But I'm gonna go with one that's a little racier, the X-Men Ooh. animated series. Oh, all right. <laughs> and Mike, I, I just usually have the TV on, but but if my comic book reading is going really well, I should hear the sound of the toilet flushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when the toilet flushes, that means it's the end of your book. <laughs> Superman is now with Wonder Woman instead of Lois Lane. Is that a good idea, Kev? Fuck no. But you know, Batman can't have all the girls. All right, time is up, Mike. Finally, because like they said on the Rocky Horror, he can finally get that pelvic thrust. <laughs> <laughs> and Ralph. It's about time the Superman can give, uh, take someone to pound town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been to say that all day, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he takes it, her to Satisfaction Avenue. It, <laughs> and where? And where? In pound town. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> if you had a chance to cosplay as a hero, which would it be? Kev. 
I'd be Batman, but my girl would have to be Psylocke. Nice. Okay. Ooh. Ralph. Uh, like I said this before. I don't cosplay as heroes. They, they cosplay as me. What? Said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Um, gee, I, as a dark-skinned man, I have so many uh, people that I can do. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, the shadow? <laughs> <laughs> Even he was white. Ain't <laughs> that some shit. <laughs> he wants to do Tyra. <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to make the characters a spook, you know. Wow. Um, wow. I guess I would go for Gladiator, just because I want to wear a mohawk one day. Oh, Gladiator, okay. <laughs> and he's dark purple. Um, exactly. <laughs> I just have to be out in the sun for a few years. <laughs> Last question. Um, in Family Guy, Brian the dog died. Spoilers. Fuck it. Will, do you think they will bring him back this season, Ralph? I'm sure they'll probably figure out some sort of way to bring him back. All right. Mike? Yeah, I think the fans are going to win out. Because I'm sure there's been, there has to be a huge outcry. Yeah, yeah definitely. Was. Okay, and Kev. As long as Seth MacFarlane isn't a fan of uh, Marvel, I don't expect him to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and we, we were done, and wow, we did it in two minutes and 30 seconds, probably one of our longest. Is, but, that, is that like a record for you, Cap? Two minutes and 30 seconds? Well, I don't have a BBC. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have a BTC. It's a little different. <laughs> some days it works, some days it doesn't. <laughs> Um, and by like, the, why don't they just call it the MTA? Wow. <laughs> it comes when it wants to work. Or it doesn't work on weekends? Or no, because I'm Latin. That's why. I don't work on weekends. <laughs> You're always taking a siesta, aren't you? Wow. <laughs> so there you have it for Mike the Hater. I mean, Mike the Finance Guy. Oh, <laughs> come on. And, and, and for Ralph the Pirate. I mean, Ralph the Tech. And with our special guest, Ben Grimm. I mean, Kev. Hey. <laughs> this, this is your, your Cap speaking, saying, my name is Cap. My name is Cap. It's not. Yeah, all that buzzing was from me saying my name. Uh, uh.